Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 have a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Well, you bet it does. The party does start now. Welcome, Power Partners. This is our informational playground. It's Star Style, be the star you are. Brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. And we are so happy to be your hosts. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are coming to you live on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. We want to seed, stimulate, and support space for positive and meaningful conversations and catapult you to the stars and hope that you land on them. Because the best shortcut in life to living your dreams is knowing that you've already arrived. So let's be there. We're going to live like we've never lived before and we're going to really enjoy ourselves. Well, the Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by... Be the Star You Are charity. We invite you to check out the brand new website at be the star you are.org. Just finished yesterday, just launched. So very excited about this. Yay. Yeah, it's a great site, or we hope, but we want your feedback. If it's not working for you, let us know. We want to get it fixed. Anyway, this miracle moment is by Albert Einstein. When I examine myself and my methods of thought, I come to the conclusion that the gift of fantasy has meant more to me than my talent for absorbing positive knowledge. Did you take that in, Heather? I'll tell you what I take away from that. What I think about it is that we have to daydream more, play more, have fun more, be, you know, fantasize more, all of those things, because that's actually what helps us be more creative. So anyway, I thought I just, I love that all these ones when it you know when it tells us yeah how to to put, more positive you know, creativity first and not just you know what's taught in school books and that kind of uh, curriculum That's exactly right exactly right well uh, we have a really great show again for you today we're going to be talking about in segment two how to donate your appreciated 
assets to help boost your charitable impact and offset taxes. And of course, we'd love you to do that for Be The Star You Are, but we're going to tell you how to do it for any charity that you might like. So you'll find out how to donate your stocks to charity and how you can reap the benefits now of doing that. It's kind of cool. And then um, in segment three, we're going to talk about genealogy in the family. Are you kind of curious about knowing where you came from and your roots and how to research your family tree? My mom just recently gave me a photo of my grandfather from Beringer from 1953, which I framed. It's in my office. He's looking at me now. I love it so much. And it's just kind of exciting to know your past and to have your family with you. So um, I know, Heather, you guys actually did that geotesting or something, right? Genealogy yeah, testing. Yeah, they have so many things available now uh, that just by taking your blood samples that they can put it in and just find out, yeah, different things that have evolved. And it, it's it's just fascinating that you don't, you may not necessarily find an actual person of it, but just, uh, you know, ancestral history that you didn't even know existed. So, yeah, we learned things that if they're about me, they, they are uh, half of you as well. <laughs> right. Well, and you know what's interesting about that? A couple of years ago, I had a guest on the show who was a, not only a genealogist, but I don't even know what the actual scientific name is, but she was somebody who traces ancestry, but she traces it literally back to the dawn of man. <laughs> and oh, wow. what's interesting is that we all came from Africa, everybody, you know, yeah. so we're all, I mean, uh, we go back. These, but also, uh, you know, also saying that's interesting with that is if you remember of how the, how the globe has just changed, that, you know, things used to be all, all connected as one. So Africa wasn't exactly just Africa on its That's own. That's exactly right. I was going to say because from. of glaciers and, you know, the Ice Age and all this and, mm-hmm. and people starting traveling, it's like I think when you do your family tree outside of knowing where your, your actually family came from, when you do what you did with finding out your DNA, you actually, you know, like I think I'm Italian, but who knows? I, I could be Chinese, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't know, right? We don't know. Well, let's get to the topic at hand now because I thought the title you came up with was very fun. It's called Fifty Shades of Pea. And what this Heather's going to be talking about is how the color urine might be the best indicator of how healthy you are or not. So let's get into that, Heather. You know, I mean, I know when you drink a lot of water, you're going to have a very light colored a urine, which probably means that's, you know, your plumbing is doing pretty well. But um, let's talk about all of this. How? What do we need to know? What do we need to do? Yeah, and and with this topic too, it's sort of a going for the gold. There's going to be a lot of little pee um, puns. Oh my god, it's another one. A pee pun. There's going to be a lot of a pee, pee pun. My, yeah, well, that's an alliteration. I like today, that. So. So great with you. Um, but yeah, sort of, you know, speaking of going for the gold, when it comes to your pee, um, it's, a, it's something that oftentimes, you know, you've, we've heard a lot about our pee. I mean, we've heard from history books that when the Donner Party was going through and, and that as a last resort that they drank their pee because there was nutrients in it. Um, Elle McPherson, the model, slash actress, 
waitress. Um, she reportedly tests, um, tests her pH balance every day. Some people even um, use uh, urine into making facial masks. It's, you know, whatever's trending right now. So pee is trending. is the new hip cool thing. Uh, and you were actually talking about social media stuff a little bit ago. Um, but something when it comes to it, a lot of times, you know, we're embarrassed about what goes on in there. And a lot of times something could be negative going on. And when we go to our doctors, and especially women know more wise of having to go to gynecology visits, um, usually it's not until we're in some kind of actual pain that someone will go to the doctors. But sometimes you look down and you think, goodness, that's an interesting color. And it's okay to open up and talk about these things because it could be an infection. It could be something you ate. There's so many different things. So starting off first with just getting to your color. So uh, don't just flush and forget it. So first thing is if you are going to the bathroom and your pee is clear, I mean completely looks like you just peed a glass of water, um, that's not necessarily negative, but it, it could be on the potential because there is a such thing as drinking too much water that you can actually intoxicate your body and get water toxic. So if you're... If you're what? Wait, wait a minute. You can get water. I mean, I've heard of people drinking, you know, those hazings that have done at uh, fraternities where they made them drink gallons of cold water and the person died. But I didn't realize you could drink too much so you, water. So what can happen is just, I mean, I think, you know, when people ask, what's the secret to life? I really think the key is moderation of all things, as we know. Yes, that, I mean, it's kind of been said before, but, you, it's, it, but we've got to repeat it, it, right? They are negative. Um, so the thing with water, of course, you know, the more the better, but there's always a limit. You've heard of how people would basically drown themselves, that they will have a toxic reaction to drinking so much water. Well, what can happen is you can actually have a phenomenon of overhydration. And similar to when you're dehydrated, overhydration can cause things as cramps, fatigue, nausea, confusion. And in rare cases, I mean, there would be more leading up to it. It's, it's usually only in those um, unfortunate, very, it's someone chugging, chugging, chugging water. You've heard of those, those, those incidents of people died in fraternity or trying to win a contest or kind of things. Um, so anyways, they, in those rare cases, it could be fatal. But what can happen is that your body can overhydrate and you can have incidences. So it can affect your body. If your pee is just a, a nice light yellow, that usually means you're perfectly hydrated. You got it, person. Stay with that. Um, if there starts being kind of a dark yellow or brown to it, recommendation, drink a glass of water as soon as possible. If the brown persists, probably most likely to see a doctor because it could be something going on with your liver or your kidney, um, possibly even kind of a failure. And, again, that's usually when your pee, when your urine is a really dark yellow, a deep yellow, that usually means that you're dehydrated. A lot of times people might see that after a night of boozing um, and then in the morning and it's like, my goodness, because you haven't had water, so it's flushing out of your system. If you see kind of skittle colors, orange, blue, green, crazy colors like that, one, don't get first, don't first don't get scared off. It could be a result of something you ate. If you've ever had you know, beet juice or sometimes you've seen me when people eat a lot of carrots that their skin color, the beta carotene. So certain foods can affect it or if you've had something with food dye in it. And oftentimes um, there's a thing called azo that is a home treatment stuff. It's Unfortunately, it's not a treatment. It's sort of just like putting a, a temporary Band-Aid on a very big wound. Uh, what it is is that 
it, it's something if someone has to have a, a urinary tract infection, you take these pills. It sort of takes away, it relieves you of the pain, but it does. It is not curing you. It's not actually fixing anything. Um, but when it comes out through the body, when it's urinated for the body, it usually can look a bright red or a bright orange, um, very a very um, non-natural color. But if if you haven't what, had what any is that that what is that? That what? what oh, is that um, that it's something that's that on harmless. It's it's so the the coloration I was just talking about. There's um a over it's it's uh you can pick it up. I guess not over the counter. You can just pick it up in the aisle. Buy it. It's called Azo, and it's for urinary tract infections. It doesn't cure it. It isn't going to help heal it. All it is is it's basically like taking an Advil thing. That it's just helping relieve the pain. But once it goes through your kidney systems, once it's urinated out, um, when it comes out it looks a very a, a brick, a bright orange, a red color, a very unnatural okay. color. Um, but saying if you haven't had that, so just saying there's things, there's times when, when then there's reasons that um, your, the urine, your, your pee is a different color. If you haven't had anything, you haven't had a bizarre food, um, in fact, it could mean um, that you need to go to the doctors and it, it could be something saying that you uh, are uh, could possibly have a liver disease or it could be some kind of infection caused by various medications. If you ever have pink or red urine um, and you haven't taken any beet juice or blackberries, rhubarb, um, and it isn't due to any kind of menstrual things, blood in your urine can oftentimes uh, be the sign of a urinary tract infection um, or things in, uh, involved with your kidneys or a kidney infection. You know, a lot of times when people don't realize how um, how connected your kidneys and your and uh, and your bladder are in your urinary tract and systems. That's when you're dehydrated, how you get those lower back pains. That's into your kidneys. Eventually, everything just spreads. So um, getting into just sort of the fun little things of within the bathroom there, um, these are sort of what I like to call my P's and Q's, questions and answers <laughs> about the bathroom. So one thing you might hear is that uh, people a lot of times think that urine is sterile. And recent studies have actually shown yeah, it's we've not heard that as because while you were saying about uh, the Donner Party drinking their urine, I've heard that, you know, in the cases of emergency, that is what people have done. But I know it sounds so horrible is, to me. So here's the, here's the thing, getting to. If you're in a last resort, yes. I mean, especially if you're already on that starvation thing, you know, the lack of water, whatever, it, it's something, it's your own bacteria, I'm not recommending it, but if you're, we're having a survivor's thing here, um, sure, but coming to it, I don't think in real life situations people are drinking this as a social beverage, um, but when it comes to, a lot of times you've heard if someone, if you get stung by a, be- uh, a jellyfish, people say, you know, to pee on it, um, and that's always, I've heard your people, you know, think Well, that's happened to me, and I actually have done that, anyway. <laughs> yeah, so the thing with it, it might just feel, it might have that sensation, just as you, when you pour vinegar or uh, rubbing alcohol on a cut, how it has that stinging sensation, and you think, ooh, it's cleaning it. Well, studies, they've actually now tested urine of healthy people, that they tested that these people were healthy, their diets, and showed that, yes, there's actually lots of bacteria in pee, and it's not as sterile 
as we thought. Um, but it doesn't mean, you know, that it's bad. I'm just saying that actually something they found, too, is a counter thing. When it comes to these venomous things, uh, you know, venomous attacks from snakes, um, no more actually doing, peeing on your friend for the jellyfish thing because actually what they found is that the venomous cells um, will inject it into someone's skin. When the urine comes in contact with it, it can actually inflame the cells and cause the toxins to release more toxins into the person. Oh, good. Well, so, that's so probably why I ended up in the hospital so, when so I got uh, uh, Just <laughs> wait till the end. Let's get there. Yeah, but, here's, but, but before you start thinking, oh, my God, how gross, or if, if you've ever realized those kind of things, think about something that your cell phone actually has more bacteria than your own urine. So think about that. Unless you're the person that is so absolutely perfect, probably everyone right now is running and putting a wipe all over their phone. Your phones are disgusting. So know that too, that your urine is cleaner than your cell phone and then live with the thought that your cell phone is basically like you're walking around with a toilet. So another thing too. You know, I mean, that's a really good point that you're saying. I think every phone is like that, and that's one oh, of the things and, we've talked about this before about we, staying in hotels. About is that the one of the first things you should do is wipe the phones be- and the what do you call it, the remote controls. Oh yeah, I, something we have to realize, and things that can drive yourself crazy. I want to say I like to kind of clean things down. I feel so good about it. Um, like, oh, I, I clean this, but there, the world is nothing bacteria. We are living, breathing bacteria. We actually, I watched this show on the uh, God, the National Geographic thing the other night, which basically made me just want to peel off my own skin. That every human being, we have, oh, God, it just makes me shiver talking about it. We have thousands of mites all over our faces that are just eating. They're eating, and they're good for us. They're eating the bacteria that come in. Oh, my God, yes. that sounds Isn't horrible. Isn't that just gross? And they showed microscopic things, and it just made me think. It made my skin crawl, realizing that there is actually things crawling on that I have no idea that we all. But here's, here's the thing before we all go ooh, crazy is that's life, that we are all, everything, this whole world if it is just millions of bacteria and microscopic bacteria. It's, it's everywhere. It's just to have the good and bacteria, the good and bad bacteria, and we need bacteria in our life, just as you hear probiotics, pro things. So, so the world is all that. Those are just kind of some little science things. But getting back to urine, as I was talking about, have you ever heard when people say uh, uh, breaking the seal? You're going out with your friends, or maybe usually I, it's something when I'm with uh, my husband and the friends, and I'm always having to be the girl. I always have to pee, and you go out, you're drinking, and people always say that first time, like, oh, don't break the seal. That first time you have to go pee, then it's like, oh my goodness, you ha- you can't stop. You have to keep I have going. I've never heard that. I've never heard that. Never heard that. Really? Okay. So basically, what it is when you're going out with people and you're drinking at a place, and someone says, "Oh God, I don't want to go to the bathroom because I know as soon as I go, like it's." instantly it's sort of like every beer is just going to hit me and I'm going to have to go. And the truth be told, it's not really a real thing. It's more of a psychological thing that once we sort of start telling ourselves, um, oh, my God, like I'm, ew, if, I, if I go to the bathroom, I know I'm going to have to pee more. We, we start kind of conditioning ourselves that our body starts to think that. Also, this is really a term that's used when people are at occasions where there's alcohol, and alcohol is a diuretic. So what happens is that when you're, unfortunately, not a diuretic and going to make you lose weight, my friends, but diuretic into your body that it absorbs, um, it doesn't absorb as much water, so it, it becomes urine and it comes out of your body. So it's not taking in the nutrients, it's flushing it out um, and taking in more of the toxics, all the stuff you're having fun with as you're getting intoxicated. Um, but basically, it's more of just a... Uh, 
psychological thing and and because of the things that you're drinking that are causing that. Um, also, sort of kind of getting into the the funny little things of in the bathroom, um, of public things. I don't know if you sometimes people we are really having potty and, talk today. I mean, it's helpful potty talk, but it's potty, potty talk. talk. <laughs> yeah, potty talk. Well, one thing too, I always. So my view of kind of with with going pee is when I talk about pee, I sell, I call it like the aha, the release feeling, the greatest feeling when you when you know when you have to go to the bathroom so bad and you're for me it's usually when I'm in a car trip with my husband and he I men are just never have to pee in my mind and I as soon as I'm in the car even though I just went I'm I'm trying to be so good because I know he doesn't want to stop and finally you know when you can get him to stop and I feel like I'm about to die because I've been holding it for so long that finally that moment when you get to go pee that you just feel like oh the world is better it's that release feeling that ah and I and realize that is what it is, release, that wonderful moment. It's that moment, you know, when you're thinking, oh, my God, did I do good on the test? You think you maybe did bad. You get the grade back, and it's an A, and it's the biggest sigh of relief. Ah. Also, some people say sometimes that you, uh, you know, that going to the bathroom can almost be an orgasmic feeling for them. And, again, oh. one sense is that it is that sense of relief, but, two, this is especially just coming from a woman's sense, that you're using the same muscles that contract your clitoris and your vagina. So uh, things sometimes that people are having more fun than others in the bathroom. Um, also, uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with the relief part because I think that is. I, I also, I think about, um, uh, what do you want to call it? When, oh gosh, uh, torture chambers. And I know in World War II, the Nazis did these torture things where they sewed people up and they didn't let them go. They didn't let them urinate or defecate until they just exploded, you know. And I just, I just can't imagine that kind of torture. I mean, it just, that would just be horrible. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I don't mean to laugh. I can't even think of just the out of of just before how you had a little pot in the room that (laughs) sort of the communal pot for the house that everyone just used the restroom in, and it's crazy. And that's that's something too. There's so many things in this world that amaze me, but one thing that amazes me and horrifies me, and I'm happy I don't have to deal a lot with it, is just is I am so blessed to live in the time of indoor plumbing. And one of my greatest fears in life is always to think I've, I always am afraid of overflowing. Or I, I hate the ugh, overflowing toilets, but my fear is uh, just everything that's ever gone down that's coming up there. Just I don't know if anyone's had an overflowing toilet, but it is horrifying or broken um, uh, broken pipes. I just think broken that's pipes are bad. I've had it, I've had a toilet backup before, and that. That is horrific. And if you've seen the movie that's up for SAG Awards called 99 Homes, there's a scene in it where a house is foreclosed and before the people leave because they're so angry, they stuff rags and the plumbing and all this. And so all of it backs up and the entire house is covered in excrement. And somebody has to go in and clean that up. And I watched that scene with such horror just such horror and you know Heather when you're talking about indoor plumbing I like you we are very blessed to have indoor plumbing because it isn't that long ago that there was not indoor plumbing and there are still places in the world where there is not indoor plumbing I was just reading an article about a woman in a small village in India who's not allowed to run for the city council because her family doesn't have indoor plumbing 
And I have no idea what they do if they go in a ditch or whatever. But um, a, to buy a toilet and to get it hooked up costs too much money, a few hundred dollars, which they don't have. So she's running on the platform that you don't need indoor plumbing. <laughs> oh, wow. I know. Well, and, and, and talking about it, too, not I mean, being they, so... Well, just saying not so long ago here in America, my own mother grew up in Napa Valley in a home that had no indoor plumbing. And she being the baby of six children, it was her responsibility to empty the chamber pots every day. So can you imagine that you had these, everybody had these pots in their room. And like you said, if you shared a room, you shared a pot. It had to be terrible, and you'd have to carry him downstairs, and what if you fell? And I, I mean, yeah, the thought no, just... There, things horrible. like that, again, I feel blessed for the indoor plumbing things. And, and again, you brought up a great thing, actually, in regards to the place without plumbing. Is that something for here in America, uh, not getting on a political thing at all, but especially with the droughts that we've been having uh, with California and how we've been so much more aware of our precious water and clean water, that it's outrageous that we still hear in other countries that it's a fight just to get water, to get, to get plumbing, to get drinkable water, that people still have to travel very far just to get water that they can drink. And here, you know, we're concerned about, well, my, what, my lawn's going to die. So this is a time, too, when people think of uh, how, the, how, how little money, how much it costs to them, but how little in our circumstances and um, that for us to give money. So China, this kind of makes me think of things of, if possible, to get involved with things of trying to donate things to, to help start up these clean water systems so that isn't something, so that people can run without having to worry about the clean system. But as we know, where is the sewage going that it's the outside? It's part of the, the thing of with indoor plumbing is, yes, the luxury of it, but it's also the sanitary issue-wise of otherwise things are being exposed. You can smell the disease, things that fecal matter, that's one of the leading things of bacteria that causes other diseases. So being aware of that thing, and that thing can eventually travel into any clean water system um, that could be existing as well. Very, but yeah. I'm sure people are all peed out for, <laughs> for the day with um, all this information. But the main thing is just being aware, staying hydrated, my friends, drinking lots of water. Don't be uh, misled in that all beverages are created equally because they're not, and they can actually affect your system in a negative way. So drinking, uh, staying hydrated, and seeking a doctor if the colors are maybe getting a little bit out of the, the natural scheme. Very good, very good. Well, um, that is that was a very good 101 class on P, and I think that was. I, I think we're now you know your ABPs, uh, ABPs, and I suppose this is instead of just calling it a power party, we'll just call it a P party. Exactly, <laughs> okay. go a power P party, my friends. Okay, well, that's enough. You, enough potty jokes for now. Thank you, for Heather, today. for that. I um, give out the websites. I'm excited Most. about our new charity website. Yes, most definitely. We want everyone to check out all of this hard work that has gone into the new sites and let us know if anything isn't working for you because we want to make sure it does. Go to BeTheStarYourAr.com as well as BeTheStarYourAr.org. And just so you know, the old website is at BeTheStarYourAr.com so you'd be able to access everything 
from the last 17 years. The new site at bethestarur.org just started from January 1st. So that's all the new things. We also have a new radio site for both radio shows, Star Style, uh, Be The Star You Are, which is this show, and our teen show, Express Yourself. And you can find those at bethestarurradio.com. So check them out. We will be back. And when I come back, we are going to be talking more. uh, The pee party is now over. We're going to be talking about (laughs) how you can give to charity and give your assets to them and still get a benefit now. So I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we'll be right back. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryant, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a light that shines. Well, given that we all have exactly 86,400 seconds in a day... How do we know where to invest our hours? Well, first of all, if it's Wednesday, we always want you to be here with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, between 4 and 5 p.m. Pacific, that's 7 and 8 p.m. Eastern. And if it's Tuesdays, we want you to be listening to Express Yourself Teen Radio at noon. Of course, you can go to the Voice America Network, and for us, it's the Empowerment Channel. For the teens, it is uh, Voice America Kids. And you can always grab the archives or go to Be The Star You Are radio.com and you'll be able to listen there so hopefully that'll be a good way to take care of your uh, uh, of your hours and give you some positive insight well we are going to talk about donations right now but before we do and I was off the air and I was talking to Heather 
I was reading an article that really, I think it was in Family Circle, and it's from a bit, a little time ago, but I, I thought I should bring it to your attention because it really did kind of scare me. Uh, you know, with Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and Twitter and LinkedIn, all these uh, social networking uh, sites have become second nature to us, and of course, the best known probably is Facebook. But according to a 2014 trustee report, 90% of consumers have privacy concerns when they use social networks, and 45% of U.S. internet users don't trust businesses with their personal information. I happen to be one of those people. Yet, The Pew Research Center found that only 38% of online adults are aware of the ways to limit how much personal information websites can collect about them when they're on the Internet. So there are a lot of different mechanisms for protecting your privacy, and it's really up to individual users to opt in and opt out to the highest levels of protection. So uh, we really do have to uh, to be diligent and to be careful. Now, one of the things that I, with Facebook, is that when you share something, if users do a share all or almost all of their timeline posts with an audience wider than just their own friends, they're potentially expanding their exposure to thousands and thousands. So there's a lock icon in the blue band at the top of your profile to the right of your uh, name. And that provides some shortcuts to control who has access to your activity under your drop-down. You know where it says, who can see my stuff? So to go back over past activities, you can click on the activity log, and then that'll break down the posts to likes and tags. And if you hover over the audience icon, you can actually tailor access to individual posts. But while you're at it, you should go through that three-step privacy checkup to double-check that you're sharing only with people that you want. Um, you, you really, you really have to be careful about it. It says to selectively upload and tag photos and to be smart about it. And instead of sharing all your family vacations and stuff, you know, without a second thought, just maybe share one or two and um, minimize the a number of stuff that's on the internet. And the reason for that is researchers at Carnegie Mellon University showed that hackers can figure out an individual's social security number by combining face recognition technology with data mining algorithms that pull personal information, such as your hometown, your date of birth. And they can get these from public social network profiles. So, yes, that's pretty scary. But the scarier one to me was what they talked about on Instagram. And this one really was creepy because what it said is you could just share a picture of your cat, for example. Or take it like I take a lot of pictures of my garden. You could take a picture of your garden and you post it on Instagram. And it will disclose the precise location of your home. And even though... um, the add to photo map might be set to off. The Instagram app remembers your last command and it automatically stays on after you list a location unless you go out of your way to slide it back to off. So that means your images are flagged on a geolocation map. Then you get street names and everything with incredible accuracy, even if you didn't list that this was, you know, in Tempe, Arizona. So it means that if you're not too picky about who follows you, 
a stranger could easily follow you home. So you got to play it safe, and you might want to revisit some old photos to erase um, any of the data that you can. But I just found that really frightening. I find it really frightening. So I, I just think it's a good idea to, um, you know, not have this, ha not have everything in to share all. Maybe, maybe on LinkedIn, but again, don't use your home addresses. And I'm a big proponent of not putting your real birth date in there. I know everybody loves to say happy birthday to people on Facebook and all that, but I don't know. I, I, you just don't want your identity stolen. And I'm just reading way too many things about a st you know, stolen identity. Well, with that, I want to just get to uh, the charity. Of course, the end of the year has already passed, and people were making donations from, for charitable donations to get their last little bit of tax deductions. Um, many people or many charities are still allowing some tax deductions since you don't have to file your tax taxes until April 15th. So if you write a check and you predate it as of, you know, December 30th, you'll still get a tax deduction for 2015. Be the Star You Are is one of those. So if you still need a tax write-off, you're trying to figure out your taxes and you see that you're going to be paying Uncle Sam a lot more, think about making a donation to Be the Star You Are uh, you don't want to do it online, though, because then that will be for 2016. You will have to send a check and have it predated to December. So you can send a check to P.O. Box 376, Moraga, California, 94556. But back to other parts of giving to charity, because it really is a great way to support causes that are close to your heart. And it can also be really good for your finances. Now, you can generally use charitable donations to reduce your tax liability. And, of course, you want to talk to your, your tax advisor, your accountant, before you do you know, anything that's really major, uh, any a major amount. But not every donation packs the same punch. And what many investors don't realize is that donating appreciated investments or assets to a donor-advised fund be they publicly traded stock or mutual fund shares, real estate or other investments, can be much more efficient way to support charitable goals than selling them first and then donating the proceeds afterwards. The end result is a lower tax liability for the investor and potentially a larger gift to the charity. Now, I was reading something from Schwab Financial uh, Consultant um, and this particular consultant has worked with many clients who wanted to share the fruit of their success but weren't really aware of the potential benefits of donating appreciated investments or assets instead of donating cash. So th when you have a strong feeling about philanthropy, what you want to be is very tax smart while making a bigger impact. So some clients have expanded their ph philanthropy by thinking about donating some of their more complex investments and assets. While cash remains the most popular way to make a donation, you can give appreciated investments or assets that you've held. At least you have to have held them for a year or more, and that's the only way it's going to make sense. So we can compare the benefits of giving appreciated assets instead of cash and then consider some of the additional advantages that come with using a charitable vehicle known as a donor-advised fun. Now, normally selling an investment or an asset that is appreciated in value 
might saddle you with some taxable gains. But that's not the case if you transfer it directly to a charity. So you can avoid those capital gains, uh, and that means a potentially bigger donation to the charity, and then a bigger tax donation for you, or a bigger tax deduction, I mean, for you. So that same process applies to appreciated investments or assets that aren't traded publicly. So there are a few additional requirements. Now, the IRS requires independent appraisals to be conducted for all non-cash gifts that are worth more than $5,000 that are not readily marketable or traded on an established exchange. So these types of gifts should be valuable enough to justify the time and expense that you're going to have to go to in order to, you know, to get that tax write-off. So uh, donor-advised funds, what are they? Well, not all charities have the ability to accept gifts of appreciated investments directly. And that's where a donor-advised fund account would come into play. Now, there are funds at most of um, the brokerage houses. For example, Schwab, which is a, a, a brokerage house I like. Schwab Charitable is a, a charitable fund. I know Fidelity has a charitable fund. Um, so wherever you like to do your trading, you may contact them and find out what they have available. What it is is these charitable accounts can help you meet your charitable giving goals. They make grants at your own pace, and then you reap the potential tax benefits, and you can actually increase the amount of the donation. Now, all charitable contributions to donor-advised fund accounts are irrevocable. So don't think that if you're making a donation to a donor-advised fund that you get to keep this money It's not going to you anymore. That fund is now going to a charity, but what you will get out of it is the tax benefits. So the biggest benefit for donor advice fund is the flexibility. As a donor, you decide when and how much to contribute to the account, and you can claim an immediate tax deduction. So you can direct subsequent grants to a 501c3 charity that are in good standing with the IRS according to your own schedule. And the donations don't need to occur at the same time every year in order for you to claim that deduction. So you can have... um, accounts that have a choice of investment pools. For larger accounts, you have the option of recommending that uh, an independent investment advisor manage the assets. In other words, you have a lot of of, uh, pull on how your assets are managed and distributed. You, um, the, the, if you want to try to offset a tax liability arising from the sale of a business, for example, If you owned a parcel of land for several years and you decided to sell it, then it might make sense to make it a um, significant donation to a charity while also reducing a tax bill. But you'd want to do it through a charitable fund to help facilitate that contribution. For real estate, you know, you might be able to take the full fair market value tax deduction on the amount of the donation and avoid capital gains taxes on the sale. So again, this isn't something you want to just jump into. You want to get some advice on this and talk to a brokerage firm. But with the assistance of a third party, perhaps that charitable fund can help find buyers for a piece of land, for example, that you're donating, donated property. Um, If you haven't been approached with offers, I mean, that's something. 
The proceeds of the sale are placed in the donor advice fund account and then can be donated to the charity. So it really seems that this can offset the burden of a bill arising from the sale, for example, of your business or the sale of a property that you may end up paying just a lot of capital gains. So generally speaking, most complex asset contributions can be processed within several weeks, though if it's more liquid assets, such as a publicly traded security, it's processed in far less time. So donating appreciated non-cash assets held longer than one year can be a really great tax-efficient way to support your charitable goals. And making those donations through a donor advice fund can also make your philanthropy more strategic, giving you the tools to shepherd your resources so that you can use them when and whenever you like. So what are uh, some of the benefits here? I'll just name them out. I think that donor advice funds can be opened with most brokerage firms for something around $5,000 in either cash or a marketable security. Other appreciated assets such as restricted uh, stock and private company shares, real estate, private equity, or hedge fund holdings are probably accepted on a case-by-case basis, so you'd want to find out. But the, but the great thing is, is that it's convenient. All of your charitable giving can be consolidated in one place. You can contribute to your account. You can manage your investments. You can recommend grants online or you know, via your phone. Um, you can be tax smart. You can be eligible for a current year tax deduction. As soon as you contribute, you can potentially avoid capital gains by contributing appreciated assets. And you're going to have more to give to charity. So you can be really flexible. And you can recommend grants as small as $50 to your favorite charities when and where you want. And the good news is, is that one of these charitable funds uh, from a brokerage house will handle all the charity due diligence. So that's, that's kind of exciting. And um, I was going to just give a quick comparison of selling versus donating. You could sell your stock and then you could donate what's left over after you pay capital gains tax. Or you could just donate the securities directly. With the second option, you get a bigger deduction and the charity gets a bigger donation. So here's the example of what the numbers might look like if you're in the 28% tax bracket. And let's say, I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful to have this kind of money? If you wanted to donate 100000 it's just an easy number. And I'm actually taking this from, um, from a, a brokerage firm. So... If you had $100,000 of fair market value securities, the long-term capital gains tax would be $14,250. So the amount donated to charity would be $85,750. And what you would, the personal income tax savings in a 28% bracket times the amount donated to charity would be like $24,000. Now, if you just donate the appreciated stack, uh, stock at that $100,000, you would have zero long-term capital gains. The charity would get $100,000, and at the 28%, you would actually get $28,000 deduction, you know, $28,000 personal income tax savings. So that is um, pretty Exciting. So you would get the donation of 100000 plus 
dollar tax deduction on top of that, and your charity would get that full amount. So, you know, it's something to think about uh, for your donations down the line. Well, when we come back, we are going to research our roots. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Don't go away. You're listening to us live on the Voice America Network. We're coming to you on the Empowerment Channel. Be right back. Be the star you are. The star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Important are interpersonality communication skills. A national survey of sales professionals conducted by the Nuremberg Group answers this question as number one in importance. Interpersonal communication received a 95%, self motivation 94, conflict resolution 90, and selling expertise only 86. Presentation skills were valued, but only at 79%. So giving an excellent presentation is no longer sufficient in gaining a competitive edge. You have to be able to connect with your customer. You have to be able to communicate if you want to be focused on selling. And of course, you got to be personable. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit star-style.com or call our studios, 925-377-STAR. That's 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3. A literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you and jumpstart your dreams with positive, life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, hosted by the passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Find all you need in a light that shines. Well, if you're curious about your family tree, but you don't know how to go about investigating it, I'm going to give you a few tips on researching your roots because it is awfully fun to kind of know where we came from. It gives us a roadmap of maybe where we're going or maybe what we want to revisit. So how do you begin the process? First of all, you start with yourself and you have to work backward as far as you can go. So that means to write down names, including maiden names, dates, 
and locations that you know of, the city, the county, the state, the country. Also note any unique family traits like twins, red hair, gray eyes, and any genetic disorders like if somebody had diabetes or cystic fibrosis or cancer or whatever. Then interview older relatives to fill in the gaps. You know, and there are actually some uh, books and journals out there that have questions in them of so that you can write down a lot of these things that prompt you and that's a really good way to get organized it's been said that after three generations we will not be known any longer and what made me think of this of course is getting this photograph of my grandfather this past week that his uh, great grandkids a couple of them did get to know him but any great great grandkids they don't even know who he is so how do we organize what we learn we're going to keep track of details in an ancestral chart which is essentially called a family tree now you can find a template form at ancestry.com and you just download charts so if you go to ancestry.com you can at least start there then what should you ask your relatives well here are a few questions where did you grow up why and when did the family move? What types of jobs did your parents have? What do you know about our family's health issues? Ask them about relatives they remember because it really may help to record conversations. Um, you know, you can, there's on your phones right now, there's a record thing. In the old days, we used to have tape recorders. But you can also visit family's hometown library to view historical records. But again, I want to really encourage, ask the older people in your family, if you have grandparents, great-grandparents, aunts, uncles, any of that, because everybody can remember things a little bit differently. And the more you get down, the better it is. Now, if you're going to a library, what would it be that you're looking for? Most libraries have a history and a genealogy section, or a librarian can point you in the right direction, usually to newspapers on microfilm or special collections. Now, where can you start searching online? There are a few sites that offer U.S. records, such as census, birth, marriage, and death certificates. Again, try Ancestry.com. There is a subscription site. Um, well, I guess it is a subscription site. There's also FamilySearch.org. I think that's a free site that might be run by a church, but you can check that out. There's also MyHeritage.com. It has many documents relating to uh, Jewish heritage. There's findmypast.com, and that uh, provides records relating to Irish, British, and Australian lineages. So those are just a few that might be able to, to help you. How can you take your search to the next level? Well, then there's that DNA testing that Heather and I were talking about. If you haven't made much headway, that might help. Family Tree, DNA, Antrocy.com, 23andMe, these are all well-known companies. And they will reveal your genetic background, other users with whom you share DNA, and your relationship to one another. So you can order kits to complete like a cheek swab, and usually that costs somewhere between $100 and $200. Now, what should you know before contacting any relatives? Expect that they may not respond. Typically, they don't because they don't know you and they're going to be cautious and they're not going to be forthcoming with details. If you think you know how you're related, you should say so when you contact them and make it clear that you're willing to share information if they choose to collaborate. 
Now, if you get serious about this, does it make sense to hire a pro? There are pros out there. So if you hit a roadblock, you might want to go to the Association of Professional Genealogists. And they have, it's I think it's appgen, apgen.org. And you can search for experts by location or specialty, like African-American slave genealogy. Uh, then you can tell them about any roadblocks you're having. I mean, obviously, if your name's John Smith or, or uh, something Jones, it could be really tough. Then you want to create a book or a Google Doc that tells your family story, and you might want to share it with, rel- with relatives. And privacy could be an issue, so you want to make sure that you understand what you're doing and, and only and keep it private except for those that you care about. People tend to feel a sense of empowerment once they learn more about their ancestors' struggles. It's more than names, dates, and places. It really will reveal the context of how your ancestors lived, and that gets us back to those peapots. I'm sure glad that we don't have them under our beds anymore. Well, thanks for being great listeners and allowing Heather and I into your life every week as we bring you Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We love having you on our playground with you, and hopefully we're bringing you interesting and fun new ideas and thoughts. For more information about Star Style Productions, visit CynthiaBryan.com. Visit our new websites for the charity, BeTheStarYouAre.org, and our radio site, BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. Cherish the past, dream of the future, celebrate every day of your life, and of course, read a book, and we hope that it will be one of ours. Visit our store from our website. Pick up a copy of BeTheStarYouAre.org. Until next week, when we celebrate again, remember, love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Dream, create, inspire, and make a difference. And we'll play again next week in our power party. Until next Wednesday, 4 to 5, make it a great one. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Be the star you are. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.